Welcome to Taking Back Birth, a podcast for women who know the truth about birth and those who want to explore the path of radical birth love. I'm your host, Marin Green. Taking Back Birth celebrates the power you have to make decisions in alignment with your own truth. Decisions not subject to anyone else's authority. Decisions that create experiences that will change your life. Taking Back Birth is a production of the Indie Birth Private Contract Association and IndieBirth.org. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Welcome to Podcast Sunday. I am going to jump right in today, which might seem a little abrupt for those of you that are used to sometimes an update, but there's a lot going on. And this is a topic I recently decided I felt passionate about. And I thought this might benefit our midwifery students, our doula students. And because I couldn't really decide on a perspective to choose, I also hope will benefit the pregnant women out there. The topic today is consultations or interviews or whatever you want to call them when you're on either side of the equation. You're either a pregnant woman, maybe looking for a midwife or a doula. I think what I share applies to either of those roles. And then of course, if you are a midwife or a doula, I wonder if you're doing these things or not doing these things. And I wonder how It looks for you when you're setting up meetings with people that don't know much about you or your services and how that's playing out. I know for me, I'm not a numbers person really, like I don't over-focus on statistics and things like that. But I will say after many years of doing this, doing consultations as a midwife, Uh, The last couple of years have brought a lot of changes, many of which I've shared on this podcast. And more specifically, getting really good at them in a sense where I'm not wasting my time. I don't want to waste my time. (laughs) An hour is a long time to spend. Even half an hour is a long time to spend with someone that just isn't the right match. So I'm going to talk about how we can maybe make this a more streamlined process. And when I was just talking about numbers, I guess my goal is to be as fruitful with my time as possible. So, you know, if I have X number of consults in a month, um, I want them to already be the right people. So in a lot of those cases, then I'll end up working with all of those people that I've interviewed with, or maybe, you know, three out of four or whatever it is. So that is way better for me than having 10 interviews in a month and then only working with two of those people. It's a major, major time waster. And I guess just to start out, and I'm sure I'll hit back on this, it really comes back to what your beliefs are around working with other women, whether you're the midwife or the doula, doesn't matter. Do you really believe that you are for everyone? And I know I have another podcast out there somewhere about this. My beliefs are that I am not the midwife for everyone. And maybe I'm even going a little too far in some way 
by feeling like the perfect person that I love working with uh, really is sort of rare too. So I'm not a midwife that wants to attend even five births a month, never mind 10 or 15. That just is horrifying to me. Um, I don't think I would be good at that. I think I would neglect my own health, my own self-care and my children. So for me, two births a month is max. And again, uh, I'm not operating under this belief that anybody that walks through the door is right for me. And I'm definitely not right for everybody that would walk through the door. So I guess if you're one of our students, you already know this, but that's just a different perspective to consider. And I know that it's different because I see that it's different out in the world. I see that there are midwives that really do take everyone, much like a doctor would. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the medical paradigm and how that's shaped this lack of discernment. (laughs) I'm also holding a microphone as I sit on my bed recording studio and I feel very like, Regis and Kathy Lee or something holding the mic and just sitting here talking like I must have something really important to say. (laughs) No, I actually do think this is really important. Again, no matter what side of the equation you're on, why would we all want to waste time? And, you know, if you're pregnant, maybe it doesn't feel like a waste of time. In fact, I would encourage you if you're pregnant to get out there and meet all of the midwives. Do it. Don't take someone's recommendation. Don't even take your best friend's recommendation. Get out there and talk to all the midwives and feel how it feels to sit with them and ask them questions and all of the stuff that I'm going to talk about. But uh, as a midwife myself, I again mentioned I don't like wasting time. An hour with the wrong person especially is, oh my gosh, too draining and too much. And I've learned, as we all do, in the ways that we need to over the years that we do this. So I don't want to be frustrated in this process. And I would say nowadays, I really look forward to consults. They are people that have been through some sort of a screening process, and I'll talk about that. And so by the time they arrive, um, it already feels like we're on the right track. Does it always work out for me to be their midwife? No. And again, on both sides, uh, either it's not right for me or it's not right for them or whatever. But most of the time, it's already a match because I've gone to some trouble to weed people out, if that isn't a horrible thing to say. I don't think it is. Um, you know, it's not a judgment. And that's where this word discernment comes in. And I really do want to focus on that is the bigger topic. I'm not sure that consultations are really even what I'm talking about. I'm talking about using discernment from the very first moment you have interaction with a potential client or a midwife that you might want to hire, that we use our discernment and our intuitive powers as women to determine if it's the right match. I really hope that this helps whether you're a student or not, doesn't matter to me. I hope that more women are able to find the right match with the birth support that they want. We hear so many stories every day, and I receive a lot of them personally, even here locally. Uh, People are unhappy with their midwifery care. Um, You know, we get emails where, oh, this midwife ended up doing this horrible thing that I didn't expect, or, you know, the birth keeper I hired was crazy and I didn't realize... And of course, we can all make errors in judgment. And I certainly have over the years. I am still learning all of the time, especially with this process. So uh, experience is the best teacher. 
But of course, if this is helpful to anyone and can maybe save them an experience, then that's great too. I don't know. I don't know that we can save each other from experiences, but some of the awareness that I now have around this topic might be helpful. I think even just the pure old energetic match or not. I know many of us as women are already in tune. And again, going to talk more about this. We're already in tune with the way things feel. And the consultation is one of like the most important meetings in a sense, if that's really going to determine a huge part of this person's pregnancy experience. Um, You know, we don't always listen as women. I know that. You know that. I haven't always listened to myself. And I can see it happening. Of course, it's easier when it's not you, right? I can see it happening sometimes even in a consult situation between partners. Uh, You can feel maybe that a woman really wants this thing, whatever that is, this type of birth or whatever. And there'll be conflict because of money or because of some other issue with a partner. So that's not mine to work out. That's on other people in their own lives to work out. Just saying that I think if we really agreed to pay attention to how we're feeling in these important situations called consultations or interviews, we'd all be better off, really, because I don't think anything I'm going to share is a surprise. Uh, All the lessons I've learned have been in hindsight, as the best lessons are. And I've looked back and said, yep, yep, I felt it. I felt it and I knew it and I ignored it. (laughs) So we'll see where this goes. The way this podcast came about, um, I guess over the last bunch of months, actually, it's been in my mind for all of the reasons and being in a new place for sure, because consultations have been different in a way. They've been a different flavor, a different demographic at times, just different. So it's really forced me to get even more clear on some of the things I'm going to talk about. So it's kind of been in the back of my mind. And then More recently, because I am new in a place and I'm searching for my own support, whether that be chiropractors or massage therapists or acupuncturists, whatever, I'm also in a position to interview people. And that has been really enlightening. Um, I wish I could bottle up some of those experiences somehow and use them. Although this podcast is as good as that's going to get right now. It's been shocking to me, even amongst alternative practitioners, how poorly the consultation or interview process is conducted. I think as midwives or, you know, doulas even, um, well, I don't think, I hope that you've been taught differently And I know we teach our students differently. And I know as a baby midwife, I was present for interviews, which was a really cool part of being an apprentice. So that's when that journey started. You know, what does this look like when a woman comes and what questions do they ask and what kind of things do you offer? So it's been a really long time. But back to other practitioners, I realized in my own search here that even alternative practitioners are really in this highly medicalized model of 
well, if you're here, you must want to hire me, um, which is silly, but also reminded me of how much power I have and how much responsibility I need to take for my own health. And that shouldn't be surprising because I'm used to doing that. But I was caught off guard. So, you know, when you call someone to inquire maybe about, I mean, just basic questions, and they sound so, they sound so like um, cliche in a way, right? And, and we know, I think, if you are a midwife or a doula, there's nothing worse than someone calling and saying, how much do you charge as your first question? Like, nope, not not doing that. You know, if you want to get to know me, if you want to know about home birth, um, that's where I'll start. I'm not going to like spit out a number over the phone. I think that's really awkward. And that's not something that really happens to me nowadays. Uh, but anyway, when I'm looking for someone for like a chiropractor or an acupuncturist, uh, there are questions that I have based on my limited knowledge, really, like I've been around a while. Um, I've, you know, had really good care in those modalities. But I'm not one of those practitioners. And I wouldn't pretend to be. So it's this funny place to be where I know what I'm looking for. And I know the kind of energetic match that I need for myself as a client, right, if I'm the client. And I have to come up with the questions to ask, which sometimes can feel tricky, because I don't quite know enough. So just basic stuff, you know, where did you learn your trade, right? Like what chiropractic school did you go to? Um, What techniques do you practice? Like how do you work? What does an adjustment look like? Whatever. But again, I was reminded since I'm new here that they kind of look at you funny, um, some of these practitioners, because they're not used to being interviewed. So, you know, no no judgment in a way, like maybe they're not taught that when they go to Chinese medicine school, maybe they're not taught that when they go to massage school. And because the rest of us as the public, maybe we haven't requested that because we've learned from the medical model that we don't really choose a practitioner, a doctor or whoever, we just kind of are appointed one. Does that resonate with anyone? I mean, I haven't been to a medical doctor in forever, but I remember the days where when I had insurance, health insurance, that was the question, right? Who takes my insurance? You'd call up the number. You'd be like, hey, are you accepting new patients? Done. Now, I know this isn't everybody. This is not 100% of people. Hopefully, there are more people every day that if they're whatever, needing, wanting that kind of medicalized care, Um, that they know they have a choice. They know they have a choice and they could call a doctor up and say, hey, I have some questions for you. Um, Does this doctor offer consultations? And I don't know if you'll be laughed at depending on the doctor. I certainly hope you're not, but it's possible because doctors aren't used to being questioned. They're not used to being interviewed by people. And that's a pretty rare concept. The only time in 25 years of raising children that I can even recall, I think came back to a pediatrician. Maybe people do still interview pediatricians. I don't know. We don't really use one. But I do remember that sort of like maybe we talked to more than one uh, way back when before Amelia was born. And, And I don't even remember what we asked past, you know, do you require vaccinations or anything silly like that? Which, of course, you could also ask over the phone. 
So my point is, most medical doctors and even alternative practitioners aren't used to being interviewed. And I would venture to say they also don't know how to interview, meaning that they don't even see you as a potential patient as an option because they'll take anyone. They'll take anyone that walks through the door and that's the model. And maybe that's great in the system in a sense, Um, you know, where people don't necessarily care what type of doctor they're getting, what kind of personality, what kind of philosophy, what kind of experience, what kind of education, they don't care, then I guess the doctor doesn't need to care either. Everybody will just proceed until either it doesn't work or you just kind of put up with it. Um, I know, you know, my dad, he's funny. He, well, not anymore because they moved, but they had been seeing the same doctor really for 20 years. And he didn't even like the guy. He didn't even like him. But the insurance was uh, where, you know, that was where his insurance worked. And I guess he had developed kind of like a love-hate relationship with this guy over the years and it worked well enough. But just an example of like, it never really dawned on my dad, I don't think, to find some guy he actually liked. And that might, I don't know, talk to him the way he wanted to be spoken to, or I don't even know what he would have been looking for. But my point, I think, has been made. It is really a weird thing to think of choosing. And like I said, for this uh, massage therapist, you know, to even choose and say, oh, if you're looking for somebody that really has that kind of touch or, you know, has that kind of specialty, then I'm not your person. But again, people are so just used to selling themselves, I think, and conducting this as a business that it's no different than if you go to get pizza on the corner store. Um, They sell pizza. You want pizza? They'll give you pizza. It might not be the best pizza, but if you don't feel like shopping around, I guess that's what you get. So I guess it is shopping around, really. And I think it's so important. And again, I just don't understand where, well, I do know where. I don't know why we would continue to do things this way especially in creating the new world, in realizing our power, you know, in realizing our full autonomy. There's no way you can have autonomy in a relationship where you're just simply hiring somebody because they have a pulse. I mean, for no other reason than they take your insurance, they have a pulse, they have a sign on their door that says they do this thing. Uh, That's not good enough. I don't think that's good enough. It's not good enough for me. And even in choosing, like I said, a chiropractor, um, I really want someone that resonates. I don't want just any old chiropractor. I don't even care where they went to school. I have to feel like they're the best match and that they respect me and where I'm coming from. And they trust me to be in charge of my own body. And these are really big concepts in a way that a lot of people won't resonate with. They don't get. And even if they say they do, they're not used to working with people that way. So they even either would have to recalibrate themselves or they'd be better off saying, hey, you know, I think there might be somebody better for you out there, which is a great thing to say. And I don't always know who that is. If I say that to someone, my words usually in those cases have been, I'm not your midwife. And I sincerely mean that in a heartfelt way. Uh, I'm not rejecting you. I know there's someone better for you. And it's just not me. So having discernment is really important. 
And I, again, just don't understand how people don't see that this first interaction, this first meeting, this first creating contracts, and I don't even mean literal contracts, I mean even energetic contracts and relationships, does have an effect on the overall experience. It has to, because the energy, the flavor that is there in that initial consultation will either you know, best case scenario, bloom and blossom and and keep this a strong, thriving relationship, or it'll kind of just stagnate, or it'll kind of like wither and rot away over time, which totally happens, again, to lots of women and their midwives. And, And you don't want that to happen. I don't think anybody wants that to happen. Okay, so, um, Again, I'm operating on the belief that more options are good and that women should look into all of the options. So again, even if you're looking for a naturopath, I really would implore you to find someone that really resonates with you in all of the ways, not just is good enough. And I think whether it's midwife or naturopath, whatever, lots of people will say, well, I don't have more than one option. Nope, not good enough. There's all kinds of options sometimes that we have to dig for and we have to work for. And in some cases, virtual options are also relevant. Uh, Sometimes they're not. But don't let one choice stop you. Or I guess don't let one choice influence you to thinking you have to have that only choice. And conversely, if you happen to be the only midwife or the only doula in your area, Don't feel that you have to take everyone. That just is insane. And it won't lead to longevity in this work. So um, I learned this many years ago from my good friend, Diane, who has been a midwife for 40 years now. We started our relationship as just... A person who was pregnant, me, woman that was pregnant, and I was looking for a midwife kind of at the 11th hour with my second pregnancy. And Diane was a midwife in Chicago. And, you know, fast forward over 17 years and, you know, we became friends and worked together and she was my midwife eventually for some of my births. But back then, she was just a name. She was just a name I was given by a doula. And I remember distinctly talking to Diane on the phone and I liked her. I liked the sound of her voice, Uh, but she was kind of standoffish in a way, in the best way. And I totally find myself (laughs) kind of using that technique at times. Um, It was more of like a detachment. You know, she didn't care. She didn't care if I hired her. She wasn't trying to sell herself. She wasn't saying anything to convince me. She just was detached. And I actually ended up not choosing her. And that was also the right choice, even though, like I said, many years later, um, we, you know, went on to like a different relationship together, which was really beautiful. But I never forgot that because in a way, being new to this whole scene, um, I remember her detachment feeling a little like weird because I had never experienced that Uh I remember just kind of feeling like, oh, well, maybe she doesn't really like want to take me on as a client. It was last minute. It was kind of far. And I don't know that either of those things were true. I think she was just really confident about who she was, who she is as a midwife. 
and she didn't need to change for anyone. And I think that's really great to remember, especially when clients come to us at the last minute, doula or midwife. Uh, we don't have to rescue them. You know, we don't have to be their hero. It's kind of like a take it or leave it thing. Although truly, maybe she felt like it wasn't the right match. And I obviously felt that way in some way, shape or form as well. So I'll never forget that. And when I went on to studying with her as a midwifery student, as an apprentice a couple years later, um, you know, it became, again, just a really sincere way she worked. Um, women would come for interviews and she would tell them, hey, uh, this one isn't a midwife over here and this lady's a midwife over here and here are their numbers and go talk to them. And I really, really appreciated that. And, you know, I've never heard of another midwife doing that. Um, I'm sure people do, you know, but I think more commonly in some areas, it feels very competitive. Uh, There are midwives that will kind of like, you know, talk not so nice about other midwives or or tell women, oh, that's a terrible idea, terrible option. Um, I think that's a huge red flag. So if you're a woman and you hear that from another midwife, then I don't know, I would probably lose some respect for her because it's kind of treating women like they're dumb and like they wouldn't find out anyway. I mean, we're in the era of the internet, so it's silly to act like, you know, Sarah down the street isn't a midwife anymore when she clearly is. It's so silly. So I don't see the point of that. And I think it's just really great to have detachment and say, hey, I don't know that I'm for you, but make sure you talk to these other people. And you'll figure it out. And if I am, I am. And we'll both know it. That is something that I've really relished, as I've said, learning that from Diane. And in the hundreds and hundreds of interviews I've done over the years, um, I swear, I've said it like every time. I don't need anyone to hire me. And I think that's a great place to be. And I know there are other discussions there, possibly about money and all of that. But I don't buy it in the end because this isn't a money-making profession, really. And when you do things just for money or to pay the bills, um, much like a doctor would do, to me, there's a lot less fulfillment in that. And there's a lot less truly special personal relationships because we're all just so unique, you know, and it's silly to act like we'd even be friends with everyone that we met. Uh, on the street or at the store, right? Like we know that there are certain people who gravitate towards and people that we don't. So why would it be any different with this issue? Um, I've never had a client who, you know, we decided to work together and then she decided, oh my gosh, this is the wrong match and went and hired someone else. I've never had that happen. And I know that happens all the time. Because I get lots of those calls from, oh my gosh, my midwife is doing this thing and I want to find someone else. And I'm always a little bit skeptical, honestly. It's like, hmm, you know, I'm not going to blame the midwife. I don't even know her. I don't even know what's going on. But it's an error of discernment made early on. And when I say that's never been done to me, uh, it's not because I'm the best midwife. (laughs) It's not because I'm the best one for everyone. It's because I see it this way. And because I do discern and I encourage women to discern and I don't want someone to hire me if I'm not the right match. And that has totally happened. You know, Uh, you don't want to be the cheapest option. You don't want to be just somebody's like last pick or only thing. Right. Sometimes you are those things 
or you find that in someone and it is the perfect match. But in other words, no desperate uh, nature here. There should be no desperate things going on. Um, You know, there is abundance in all of the ways. And so I've never had that happen. And I mean, I don't know, maybe I will someday, but I've not experienced that really bad match scenario. Uh, Other than I have felt that way myself and made the necessary arrangements a couple of times over the years for sure. And, you know, people aren't always happy with you. But again, when you're not someone's midwife, it really takes guts to admit that. And right, you don't want to wait until someone's 39 weeks to make that announcement. But if you get the feeling over time, even as a doula, that, hey, this is just not the right match, uh, it takes guts and sometimes it's uncomfortable, but it's also the best thing to do. And it's the most human thing to do because chances are the other person is also feeling that way and they probably just don't have the guts to say it or they kind of think it's them. And when you say it, it can really free people up to do just what they need to do. So when you go to talk to midwives, I really recommend you talk to everyone, everyone, everyone that is a midwife. Don't listen to your best friend. Uh, I mean, you can listen to her, but don't take her word for it. Uh, Don't choose someone based on an Instagram post. It doesn't matter if they say this or that. You have to sit in the same room with them. And again, it goes for both sides. In my case, I have developed a pre-consult kind of technique over the years. And this is the latest, who knows, always evolving. (sighs) But basically, I send people information when they inquire. I send them kind of preliminary information. They're asked to read through, listen through, whatever. And then it's in their hands. If it feels resonant to them, if they feel like, oh, this woman could maybe be my midwife, then sure, let's set up an in-person time. Of all of the people I send that document to, I'd say uh, I hear back from probably 60, 60%. So, you know, uh, not everyone, not even close to everybody. And so to me, that's a really great sign. Like, think how many people that is that I would potentially waste an hour of my life with. And they are also wasting their time. So that is really important. And I would implore you as well, if you're a midwife, for sure. And if you're a dually even, like you are serving a specific kind of woman, I think, I hope, uh, you're not just talking to anyone, anyone that wants a birth. I mean, if you are, then good luck. I don't know. I think it's too overwhelming. Um, But for me, you know, I think back years ago, and it was like, oh, anybody that wanted a home birth. Nope, not that way anymore, which is why only 60% get back to me because they do read, they do listen, and they're like, oh, okay, yes, this is feeling good. I want to take this a step further. Perfect. People I never hear back from, perfect. Absolutely perfect. Saves me a lot of time. Uh. Also, somewhere in there, like I said, I always say, make sure you interview the other midwives. And I've even gone as far to say, interview them all first. And then if that doesn't feel right, if you still haven't found what you're looking for, then call me. 
right? So just just wait, <laughs> because I know I'm not for everybody. Here's a really important point, and this is a very big subtopic. Whether you're the midwife, doula, or you're the pregnant woman, I think you have to go into a consult, an actual in-person, face-to-face consult, knowing somewhat what you were looking for. So again, I do my best to screen people preliminarily, but still some slip through and they sit there and they have no idea what they want. They have no idea. And the way I know this is because they spend the entire consult telling me about a past birth and it's usually a traumatic birth. And while I obviously have compassion for that, and I've heard countless stories like that, um, unless they're focused on what they actually want, and then I can respond with what I can actually give and what my, you know, superpowers are as a midwife and and what I offer, um, it's not even a conversation. So it's not to say that it couldn't be. It's not to say that sometimes there isn't a glimmer of light where the person will sort of like wake up and I'll say, what are you looking for for this pregnancy and birth? And then they can totally find themselves sometimes and launch into, oh, okay, this is why I'm here. This is what I want. Uh, People don't realize, and I think this is a great way to approach it, no matter how it comes off sounding. People don't realize that when they come to interview a person like me, I'm also interviewing them. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. We're both humans. We're both people looking for the right connections and relationships because these are very intimate topics. So again, whether you're a doula or midwife, I don't think matters. There is an equality to this conversation. So that might surprise you if you're new to this field or if you're a pregnant woman, you might be like, oh, I thought I was just like going to pick them. Um, yeah, you might be with some midwives, again, the ones that take anyone on. But I know for me, I'm very much interviewing people. And I don't mean that to sound intimidating or judgmental, but I have a kind of person I'm looking for. And so I have specific questions I usually ask, and I'd love to hear the responses. And I'm not like grading the responses. Sometimes, you know, the responses aren't at all what I would expect. Um, But there's good energy there and there's a desire to, you know, learn, for example, that's huge. And so again, uh, I think that's surprising. And I've had people sit in front of me, you know, couples in particular, who it's so obvious that they don't understand that, right? They don't understand I'm also interviewing them. And so that's fine. Sometimes it just happens the way it does and it happens perfectly and you know, something that kind of comes out in the interview uh, is really great information for me to have uh, as a discerning person. So I think that's really important that you have questions as well as a care provider. And it's not just everybody through the door. Otherwise, that's without discernment. This reminds me of a quick story. Um, This was someone that I didn't end up working with. And let me think about what I'm trying to say here. Um, Oh, just like I know what I'm looking for. I know kind of what my needs are, so to speak, as a midwife. And something like nutrition, super important to me. So this woman came and if I recall, 
she had had one birth prior and it was a preterm birth and it was a super tiny baby and we kind of I kind of started to take it down the nutrition track and she was super resistant and this wasn't a person I was working with yet so you know I wasn't really coaching her I was just saying hey that's probably important and if you were to work with me as a midwife that would be very important and I would love to support you with that but just so you know like you'd have a lot of work to do is kind of how I phrase it and I don't regret that at all because this woman was already sort of set up for probably a similar outcome. I don't know what happened to her. Uh, But she was like 20 weeks sitting there and hadn't gained any weight and was like working like crazy. I mean, just like a lot of women. So while that's uh, normal, it's really not a great normal. And yeah, I have really strong feelings about nutrition and people getting to term, right? Like what good is it going to do to have a home birth if you can't get to term? silly and a silly use of a midwife so there are midwives that don't care about nutrition and again anybody through the door they'll take but then they have to deal with a preterm birth you know no thanks so I never heard back from this woman and I don't know what happened to her but you know I was kind of relieved too and I could feel it I could feel it I could see it in her face like there was absolutely no way she was going to step into that and I'm sure she had great reason but it was just the wrong match If you're pregnant, maybe you don't know what questions to ask. I'm not going to go through that here. I have at least a podcast or two about questions to ask a midwife. I have blog posts. Just Google it. Margot does too. There's all kinds of things you could consider asking from licensing questions to I don't know what. Um, So for now, I would just say that even if you don't know what questions to ask, this is a energetic relationship, right? This is something that has to vibe. And so what kind of personality are you looking for in someone? I think that's really important. Are you looking for someone to kind of be a mother figure to you? Are you looking for more of like a sisterly advisor? Uh, What are they like? Are they funny? Are they serious? Um, You know, like, just what are you looking for? And or just being open to feeling it in the moment sitting with people of any kind of, you know, for any reason is so informative. And again, that's where I'm always learning too. It's really fascinating to just sit with random people uh, in a small space for an hour and talk. I find it really fun. I find it really enjoyable. Again, especially if people have kind of like already taken a preliminary step Um, I really enjoy hearing about where they've come from and what they're looking for. And, you know, it's very exciting, but it's also really overwhelming. So if you're the pregnant woman or maybe you're a new doula, just feel the situation. Just feel it. And notice if you're breathing. Notice if you're holding your breath. Um, Notice where you're feeling tense in your body or not. And I think maybe more importantly, is how you're feeling when you leave. So I do the same. People leave my office. Um, I don't decide in the moment and I really don't allow anyone to decide in the moment. In fact, I have a funny story about that. Um, Yeah, for all of these years, I've always said, and I've gotten even more insistent on it now, but please go home. Please talk this over with your partner. If you have other questions, get in touch with me. But I want you to go home and just feel how it felt to all be in this room together. And I want you to feel 
just how it feels in your body. Like ask your baby, you know, I really think babies choose who's going to be there. So there's no pressure. Um, I don't even usually check back with people. I really don't. Like they will come back if it's something they want to do. And like I said, there are those people you never hear from again. And I'm always glad. I'm always glad I didn't check back in a way. Like I don't want to convince anyone. Um, And if they found somewhere they're happier, totally go. It's great. So anyway, funny story about that. I say this to everybody. Please go home. We do not decide this in the moment. This is serious. This is intimate. Uh, So I had this one lady a couple years ago. And she was kind of odd anyway. In fact, in hindsight, uh, my student at the time later was like, was that lady high? (laughs) And I'm so naive in that way. I was like, maybe? Like, is that what was weird about her? But I mean, she was friendly and and whatever. Like, I didn't pick up on if that was true. I actually don't know if that was true. Uh, But there was something like a little bit off. And, you know, by the end, I said a similar thing, but she was really insistent. She was like, well, I really want to hire you. And what do I do next? Like, she wanted the answer. She wanted like the paperwork right there. You know, just like a doctor, she wanted to just get that new patient history filled right out. I didn't even have any of that stuff. So I reiterated, hey, um, that's great. You know, we, we might work together. I'm thinking to myself, I don't know about this, but I'll go home and I'll, I'll feel into it. So I said that, you know, I'm going to go home. I'm going to feel into it. Um, just reach out tomorrow, you know, and, and we'll see kind of where we both stand. Never heard from her again. <laughs> oh, wait, I didn't. I didn't ever hear from her again, but because it was a small town, Uh, I did hear of her at the end of her pregnancy. In fact, a friend of a friend contacted me and was like, oh, my poor friend, she's 42 weeks and the midwives are going to drop her. And they said her name and I just laughed. I was like, yeah, Uh, we interviewed each other, you know, eight months ago. Uh, Nope, sorry, not available. (laughs) So anyway, people can beg and plead and maybe even hand you money. Nope, don't do it. And again, if you're the pregnant woman, uh, no matter how excited you are, even if you think, oh my gosh, this is absolutely my midwife, go home, go home and talk about it. And if it still feels good the next day, you'll know. And I think asking for signs too, you know, um, I do that all of the time. I ask for signs, especially about new potential clients. I know for the most part, if it feels good. And another way besides asking for signs and just feeling it uh, is asking to dream about it. It sounds totally witchy, but, you know, if the shoe fits, do it all the time. And I'm pretty good at it, I feel. So I just kind of rate my dreams. Um, They're not necessarily about the person, you know, but they have a feeling. They have an energetic code. They have maybe a storyline. And I'm I'm fairly good. I won't say I'm, I'm perfect, for sure. Fairly good at interpreting that. And, you know, I've surprised myself. Let's just say that. I've had people that sit there. And I think to myself, okay, you know, this could work with maybe some of these parameters or, you know, I kind of get planning in my brain, like, how could I do this? And, you know, it's three hours away and, oh, okay, it's not that unreasonable. And it's like, I have to get out of that energetic. I have to get out of it to make a sane choice, (laughs) right? Because I do want to help people. And I think the same goes for pregnant women. They get all wrapped up in the energy and oh my gosh, this is great. Now I love this and I want to have that kind of birth. And then when we go back to our respective corners, the dust settles, we're out of someone's energy field. And once in a while, it's surprising. 
And for me, like I was just saying, um, yeah, I'm surprised by what was I thinking? Oh my gosh, no, that won't work. And again, it's not judgment. I hope that person has an amazing birth. Um, Just I realize when I'm out of their field, nope, not for me. And I'm really, really clear as I can be and always working on these boundaries and, and discernments so that I can really be the best midwife I can for the right people. So it's all kind of funny in a way, right? Like just people and energy and personality and the things people say and do. I mean, it's really just a humorous situation. Uh, I think this is clear, but an interview to me is in person. I don't do Zoom interviews. I don't have any desire to do that. Uh, Even if someone's super far, nope, you got to come to my office to meet. And if you're not willing, you're not able, yeah, then I'm probably not the right person. And of course, no one wears masks. That's insane. Absolutely insane. How can you have an interview and gauge someone's energy and facial expressions if they're wearing a mask? Oh my gosh, no. So yeah, the pre-consult is simply a document that someone's asked to review. And then the interview is fun. It's in person. We've set up a time. I do them all on one day of the week. And, you know, people just come in, they come out. And they get an hour and sometimes less, you know, sometimes I've got to go or I'll even set an alarm and I'll tell them that ahead of time. And, you know, half an hour can be fine. Sometimes an hour is total overkill and people just really get talking and it's exhausting. Uh, So I think totally an hour, 40 minutes is totally great for people getting their questions answered. So, yeah, again, basics, Um, asking questions and an explanation of the services that you provide if you're a midwife or doula. And I know I have my list of questions that I like to ask. You know, some of them are, why are you choosing home birth? Right? And so again, if you haven't pre-screened someone, they could be like, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm at the hospital now. And so maybe I'm just looking into home birth. You know, nope, not for me. So I want the people that already know they're going to have home birth. And again, if you're pregnant and you're not sure then that's fine too. You know, I think there are different people that you can talk to. Uh, So explaining your services or having kind of like your go-to responses, um, which, you know, after hundreds and hundreds of interviews, it seems like there's only a certain number of questions that people sort of have. So I have my own spiel if people don't really have questions, which is always odd, always odd. But I I get it too, in a way. Sometimes pregnant women are really in an ethereal kind of emotional space and they are just feeling it. You can see it. They are just feeling the situation and they don't have a lot of concrete questions. So for me, pretty much everything concrete is in a document that I can also send. But I like to make sure people understand just the basics of working with a midwife if they haven't. Um, How prenatal care looks, what the schedule is, what kind of things are important. And again, because I'm looking for a specific kind of person and you might have a different list if you're a midwife or doula, I'm making sure they kind of know that, you know, and I say that I'm like, I'm particular about the people I work with. And these are the kind of topics that I feel are important for pregnancy and birth. If those feel important to you, then we might be a good match. If they're not, then that's totally fine. Um, But you know, there's probably someone better. So transparency, of course, is like 800% important, always. But this is a great opportunity. So I can't speak to how other midwives or doulas do it. Um, I'm not necessarily, you know, thinking that people are lying, right? I hope not. But I 
would imagine that in some cases there's a certain level of just like glossing over right and and maybe avoiding uncomfortable topics like transport or you know how many of this sort of birth have you attended and I for one am so transparent like I don't want anyone thinking that I can do something I can't or I've done something I haven't that is so uncomfortable to me so I am just like forthright and I tell people you may ask me absolutely anything and if I don't want to answer Um, I'll tell you, but you know, as far as you're concerned, as far as like us working together, I will pretty much answer anything about my past, about my history, about my own births. Um, I really, really believe that's important. I'm a human too. I'm not like this elevated figure above you where you don't get to know anything about me. Um, I'll be honest with you and I'll do my best to not be biased in the ways that I can. I will happily share my personal experience with you, but that doesn't mean that's what you have to do. Like, you know, so just explaining your philosophy, explaining how you work and what you believe, that sometimes doesn't feel like it all fits in an hour because it's so big in a way. And in the case of many of us doing this work, uh, midwives and doulas, especially our students, we're so outside of the norm that people don't expect it. They don't really know how to wrap their brains around what you're telling them. They don't fully grasp how they could be responsible for their experience. But again, when you get overwhelmed, um, you know, in these cases or thinking about it or maybe doing your first interview or your first 10 or 20, uh, just go with feeling. I really feel like that is the place to start because you can see it and feel it in people. And I know for me over the years, um, you know, I can think of a handful of women for sure before I got better at screening people that I could literally feel the fear. I could feel it. And I could see it like this type of birth, this autonomous birth experience, this undisturbed birth. I'm just not ready for them. They weren't ready for it. And you could just see the fear in their face. And, you know, predictably, those would be the ones that wouldn't want to work with me. They would go choose the licensed midwife and, you know, etc. So feeling is really important. And it doesn't mean you're there to convince people to work with you. That's not an interview. So again, back to like the alternative practitioners, um, You know, I was just floored when I go looking for uh, an acupuncturist and I think it's an interview, right? Because I said that, hey, I'd like to set up a consult. I'd like to set up an interview, which most practitioners, including myself, do for free and walking in and being greeted with new patient paperwork and very nicely said, hey, um, I'm just here for a consult. Like, in other words, I'm not signing on the dotted line. I'm not hiring you right away. Like, I'm going to go home and think about it. And I'm going to first hear from you. So uh, it's really, really crazy that that's the way the world operates. Um, and really different, I suppose, that we would take time and energy to sort out what's right for us. So yeah, it's not an assumption. When people come, I don't assume they even want to work with me, really. Um, I don't assume I want to work with them. I'm not selling myself. I don't want to tell them, all the best stories to paint this artificial picture of birth being perfect. I'm very real. And again, I think that scares some people, Um, you know, real along the lines of like, hey, like, I can't give you anything. (laughs) You know, like I've been a midwife for a long time. I've had great births myself. Um, I've seen all kinds of things. And 
my job is to support and guide you through a process. And the process is birth and we don't control birth. So, you know, in some ways you could think of the consult in that way. And I often do that. It's less about hiring a midwife and it's more about hiring a guide um, for this process. The process is the important thing. And then, of course, you want someone to support you that resonates, that maybe has skills that feel important or whatever. Um, But the process is birth and we don't control that. So if somebody wants an outcome, if they're like, well, I want this kind of birth, so you have to be my midwife, uh, red flag, nope. Or, you know, they think I'm going to save them. Well, if you're there, everything's going to be fine. My husband's scared to death of home birth, but, you know, you have experience, so it'll be fine. It's like, nope. (laughs) No, let's get clear here. Um, Here's my experience. Here's what I can help you with here's what's out of my control. And if you are not willing to accept that, then I'm not your person. And there are plenty of practitioners out there that want to play God and act like they're in charge of you. So these are very unpopular beliefs, but also really intentional ways of thinking and working that have brought me amazing people over the years. So that's my point with all of this, to take your time to use your discernment, to not feel like you're defending yourself or selling yourself. It's simply you, you know, you're simply presenting yourself as you feel you should that day, in that hour, to those people in as honest a way as you can. It's not about competition. It's not about making friends. Although sure, maybe these people will become friends. Um, It's not about being the most popular choice on the block. It's not about telling people what they want to hear. You know, it's really, really a different and beautiful process, which I guess is why I've blabbed so long today about it. And if you're on the pregnant side of things, um, I think the same is true. It's an amazing opportunity to discover more about your community, about the options, and really about yourself. Uh, Again, this is, I think, a very intimate relationship. I hope everyone loves their midwife. Um, I know I have over the years with my own personal midwives. Um, It's not that we can be all things to all people. Again, I don't know that uh, we need to be everyone's best friend. I don't mean that. But like, it's a really special relationship. And I really wish more women had it, not to rely on, but to support them. Having a midwife that you really vibe with, that you like, that you might even love, um, like at a deep level, is super, super special. And again, I've been blessed with that. I've been blessed with that a couple times over, which is way more than most women will ever have in their life. And that's really the care I seek to provide. So on that note, going forward with a loving heart, I think is one last piece of advice, whether you're the midwife, the doula, or the pregnant woman, um, exuding love, you know, knowing your worth, knowing just how special you are in whatever role you're in, and believing that the right matches will come. That is the beauty of a consultation in my view. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a great week. 